you're listening to the Quality Coach Podcast, I'm your host, Jasmine Braxton. If you're a personal trainer who is trying to grow as a fitness professional, but feel unprepared to do so, listen in each week as myself and associates in the fitness space share practical tools and advice to help you become a quality coach. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Quality Coach Podcast. I am your host, Jasmine Braxton, and today with me, I have a guest that is not only a colleague, but kind of like a biz friend of mine. Her name is Lindsay Heiserman, and Lindsay Heiserman is not only a fellow personal trainer with many, many years of experience under her belt, but she's also a speaker and a fitness business coach. So welcome to the podcast, Lindsay. Oh, thank you for having me. I can't wait to chat. Yes, this has been a long time coming because you were the one who helped motivate me to get my own podcast up and running. And for those of you, <laughs> for those of you who may not know Lindsay, um, not only does she do all these speaking and um, coaching engagements and wear those hats, but she's also a podcaster and has yeah. ran a podcast course and has birthed other podcasters into the world. So this is a treat. <laughs> this will be so fun. Awesome. So um, today, more than anything, y'all, what we want to talk to you all about is giving you a reality check on what fitness or a job or career in the fitness industry can look like or can pan out to be. But this is shining light on the not so glamorous side that is not portrayed on social media or through the certifying bodies when they're telling you, come on in, get a certification and all that jazz. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I, th- we think agree whether or not, I think you agree with me, Lindsay, but what uh, we think that this is just as important for you to understand and see as is the successful side of things, because being blindsided about all of this is probably one of the biggest factors why there's so much churn or turnover in personal training. What do you think about that, Lindsay? Is that? Oh, a hundred percent blindsided is the perfect way to describe how I felt when I started. (laughs) Yes. It kind of snuck up on myself as well, even though I'm the researcher and I look, ask questions, look for things. It still was like, Oh, Oh, nobody told me that. No, nobody gave me the 411 on that. So (laughs) exactly. Oh my goodness. So diving first into this question or into this topic matter, I want to talk a little bit about you and um, what you do and see how that kind of works us into talking about like the reality of being a personal trainer in the fitness industry. Okay. So um, what is it that you help your clients do and why is that so important for you? Um. I have a couple of aspects, like you said, in the beginning of the podcast, I do several different things. So I still have my personal training business, which I think personally is important when I do my business coaching, my business and life coaching for other fitness and wellness professionals. So having that background and also still doing it is really um, a great tie-in. So I help my business clients. I, it's funny because I've been thinking a lot about this and you and I have talked about this is yes, I help them with business, but more so than anything. And this is what I'm really excited to talk about. I help them with life because life happens at the same time that you're trying to do business. They do not exist separately at all. They exist at the exact same time. And I know we all have 
families and friends and partners and obligations and children and pets, all of that happens at the exact same time you do business. So to say that I only help people with business would be false. You know, it's also like when you have a personal training client and you say, I just help you with exercise. We know that's not entirely true either because exercise (laughs) does not happen by itself. So I really help support fitness and wellness professionals with their life and their business. Uh, I think that is so clutch. You've kind of found a angle to address things that, like you mentioned, they happen simultaneously and you can't have one without the other. And it's so important to have someone to help a trainer or anyone for that matter, address multiple prongs of one overall like topic or category of life that they're in, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, in your experience, since primarily your, your, your business clients are in the fitness industry to some Mm -hmm. capacity, what do you see being a big struggle for them? There's really two things. One is the practical knowledge. Like we don't know how to run a business. You don't come out of a certification or wherever and know how to run a business. You come out of certification or education and you know how to be a trainer, maybe, which I also know is part of your specialty, helping trainers to really be better at training. So nobody instructs you how to do a business. So helping people with actually, what are the steps, you know, is it an email list? Is it social media? Is it this, you know, what's your identity as a brand? Who do you want to help? All these things that can get really confusing, especially when you're starting or transitioning like I did from a club into being a business owner mm-hmm. on your own. And the second thing is really this self-esteem. I really struggled with that. Like my business became, well, it just always was intertwined with who I was my view of myself and how all of that worked together. So I think those two things are just so important, how you see yourself and how you're going to show up in your business, especially if you are your brand. And then the actual practical things of how do I run a business? Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally understand it, especially the part about the um, self-esteem and self-awareness. I think they are massive pillars in Mm -hmm. this career path, because if you really don't know yourself and who you are and how you tick and how to manage your own thoughts and feelings and emotions, when you're starting to dig into something that's highly emotional for another trainer, (laughs) for another client rather, then you're going to hit some turbulence. Am I right? Like this this is like one of the reasons why in almost everything I produce, whether it's a digital product, a course, one-on-one coaching, we always cover this. We always cover, you are the only you there is. So let's figure out who that is. If you don't already know, like girls, mm-hmm. if, like if y'all come to the table already, very self-aware, you have a leg up because, yep. because you avoid you, you. Well, in my opinion, you are more tuned in to like the gut and what your gut's saying and you avoid clients, uh, business partnerships or jobs, what have you that directly work against how you best function. Mm -hmm. You have any thoughts on that, Lindsay? 
Oh my gosh. I think a lot about what kind of business or what kind of trainer I would be had I started at a different age because I started two days after college, blind eyed, bushy tailed, ready to go. And then as you say, blindsided by the entire, what I was doing. Right. And it really took a number, you know, being 22 and having a job a complete sales job, which also no one told me was going to happen. I mean, they did, but they didn't, right? I didn't really know what that meant. (laughs) But all of those things combined with finding my own footing after college, living in a new city, you know, trying to figure out who I am, being in my early 20s, plus trying to be a trainer and figure out who I am as a trainer and what kind of clients I want to have and how can I do this job? It was so much. And so, like I said, I sometimes wonder what would it be like to start this job in my mid thirties when I know myself more, but I mean, that wasn't the case, but I know they're tied together. They are. Oh my goodness. Your story is so similar to mine. I too started like fresh out of college was so like, yeah, I got a job and mm-hmm. at, this, at this club and I'm, I'm bad y'all. Like I know this stuff and I have my degree toting around my little degree, you know, that little, that little piece of pride, which is not wrong. It's not bad. You should go in with confidence, but there is like <laughs> a whole bear behind that pretty wall. There's just like, literally you feel like you get mauled. And I, and I say this, we, it might seem like we're speaking about it. Like it's yesteryear and it's like, oh, back then, because it is, it was over 10 years for both of us, but maybe some of you are in similar positions now where you're just starting to, you know, pull the curtains back and notice like, oh, okay, I came in here to do a movement-based job, but I, if you're working for a gym, okay, I have to hit this quota and I have to attract these leads and I have to know how to go out on the floor and present myself and know how to talk to these people's problems. But I really don't know that. Like, I don't know what that, how to do that. Like, what is, what do you mean? I'm supposed to have like a pocket of people that I spoke, that I'm supposed to talk to. What does that mean? What does that look like? Uh, You, you are right. You, even I say this, I've said this on other podcasts I've been on, but you simultaneously become a business person when you become a trainer. And in the beginning, your business skills matter more than your training skills, because without the business skills, you're not capable of getting the clients. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I still have, I got to share this. I still have some clients that I got when I very first started. Wow. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. Yes. But one of them asked me the other day, they were like, did anyone teach you how to be a trainer when you started? (laughs) And I was like, no, I apologize (laughs) for all the things that I did. Thank you for still being here. They're so gracious. (laughs) And she was like, no, seriously, really? Nobody did. I said, you know, like they tried, right? Like we had lessons on sales. We were given a script. We were you know, taught to do this. But I said, no, it was really a figure this all out for yourself kind of job. Mm -hmm. And especially for me being such a introverted feeler kind of person. I mean, I had coworkers who could just sell and they had no feelings about it. Mm -hmm. I had lots of feelings about it. I had lots of feelings about myself. I had lots of feelings about the other people and it was really challenging. Mm -hmm. However, I knew as I went along, I was learning about it. It was a painful process in a lot of ways, but 
I was learning who I liked working with and what my style was and how I wanted to show up and the things that mattered to me. You know, I realized I'm never going to coach you or train you for a bodybuilding show, right? My clients aren't those clients. I'm not going to even train you for sports performance. Those aren't my clients, you know? So there's a lot of things I learned, but it was, I just, the point of all of this, like you said, we're not trying to be super negative about everything, but you have to know that you're equally going to learn about yourself mm-hmm. as you do business. Yeah. And if you deny or you don't want to look at learning about yourself, it's going to be even more challenging. A thousand percent agreed. So I think a big takeaway from just what we've spoken about already is that um, when you see when you see being talked about things that don't seem like they fit into personal training, like being in touch with your own emotions or being able to pick up on other people's body language or being able to look at options and weigh, okay, maybe it'll take me longer to get where I want to go, but it's not worth my time to do things that are quick money makers. Cause I think people get into fitness a lot for mm-hmm. that. Um, but looking at I single-handedly have the ability to help someone shift gears in their life, pivot somewhere in their life, improve a a, a part of their life that spills over into every other aspect. Mm -hmm. Because if you work, I mean, Lindsay, we've worked with clients where that has happened over and over and over again. Oh, If you recognize that you weld that power, you you approach things differently. You you approach Mm -hmm. things more carefully, more cautiously. I always tell... Um, new trainers that I that I mentor, pretend like you are taking care of some of someone's mother. Or if you were taking care of someone's mother and you knew that person, you would be like, oh yes. Yes, I'm gonna respect this person. I'm gonna respect their time, mm-hmm. their energy. I'm gonna do my due diligence to do my job well. So it's not just how you plan out their workout. It's not just how you um you talk to them when they're face to face with you, but it's how you set up their expectations, how you listen and hear what they're dealing mm-hmm. with or um, how you sit down and kind of like collaborate and be a partner with them through this transition. Because most of us are going to work with general population individuals who are not going to be an advanced level client as far as like they're, perf- they're, they're about to do like a weightlifting meet or something like that. And maybe you will, and maybe that's who you want to work with. And that's great. That's a different conversation, similar conversation, but different. But yep. the, the vast majority of people that you're going to affect in your career are general population people who are just trying to have a greater quality of life and do so without pain or mental hesitation that, oh, I'm not capable of going on all that camping trip or that hiking trip because mm-hmm. I'm not in shape. You have to help them get around those mental barriers that really kind of keep them in a gridlock of just staying in this complacent place in life because of their physicality and how their physical abilities or inabilities really affect how they live. Don't worry so much about the superficial things as much as you worry about the deep level things. Um, yep. because that will cause even more frustration for you in this career. Um, mm-hmm. be, I'm all about being well-rounded as a person anyway. <laughs> so um, do you have anything to speak on that, Lindsay? Oh, 
Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I told this same client when she was like, did you get any training to be a trainer? And I said, no, I said, what I had when I started though, was people skills. Mm-hmm. And those people skills carried me until I learned how to be a trainer. I listened, I followed up, I always asked details about people. You know, people would say, How do you have such a great memory? Which I am lucky I have a great memory, you know, so I could remember things about their kids. And if you don't remember, take notes. Like these are the things that matter. Um, I would love to share another quick story. One of my former clients, she texted me the other day and said, Hey, I want to refer someone to you for some life coaching. And I said, okay, you know, that's great. Send them my text or whatever. And she writes back not a few minutes later. And she goes, Oh my gosh, she knows you. You were her trainer for her wedding 14 or 16 years ago, or however long it was. It was very early in my career, but this woman remembered what I said to her, like things that we talked about when she was prepping for her one. Cause she's all, she always asked about, you know, I want my arms to look better. And of course I always said your arms look great. Right. Like, you know, but things you say matter more than the exercises that you prescribe. Right. And not even prescribe, but you recommend, or you have them do. And so don't get too caught up in, especially at the beginning of your career, what is the exact progression of this exercise? And it, the client doesn't care. Squat, hinge, pull, push, you know the basics. That's all they need. The rest of it is they need you to be a supportive person in their life. And like you said, to usher them through a change, which could change their entire life to, you know, I always say exercise is the vehicle for everything else that people want. You get them to move their body it unlocks so many things. So don't be too overwhelmed about what exercises you have them do that you can learn later, but how you treat them, how you remember things about them, how you make them feel. Those are the things that matter a million times more. Yes. I, I completely agree. I like that line where you says exercise is the vehicle for everything else that that person will do. I like how you package that up because it is so overwhelmingly true. So a question I have for you is if you could turn back the time and talk to your, you know, 22 year old, just starting out self, your first two to five years, what would you tell yourself? Like, what would you say? Oh my gosh. So many things I would start. I would have to say something about like sales isn't scary. Just talk to people. I had such a mental block around sales. And I think a lot of it was because I was in a corporate gym setting and, you know, your quotas are your quotas, your numbers are your numbers. Like they were not people to them. They were numbers that you needed to hit. So it became very scary to me versus I wish I would have just had conversations with people from the beginning and just not really stressed out about it and just talk to them as real people. I would tell myself honestly that you will make it like do it your way, even though that feels weird you know, you will make it. You just, you do have to keep going. This is so true. This is so true. Um, I saw a post on Instagram about a week ago and it was from a trainer who was like, um, if you are new into coaching and you, you only feel overwhelmed and intimidated when you see what other coaches are doing because they're at a different point 
along their journey than you are. And you automatically think that you should have the same skill, be in the same place and doing the same thing. And that is when you most urgently need to put your blinders on because Mm -hmm. you know enough to help your clients you know enough to get them started and there is enough time for you to learn what you need to move them along the path. Um, And so I thought that was so eye-opening because even myself, as I advanced, like I, I know a lot about fitness yet at the same time, I know nothing because you, (laughs) right? (laughs) Because you never, you never finish. There's always Mm -hmm. some other avenue in the world of health and fitness that you can go down that is off the main road and mm-hmm. and it will and it will bury you like in a sense with overwhelm because you're like I don't know anything I I don't know how you know when it comes to nutritional side of things and how that ropes in I don't know all of that that's so much to learn or when it comes to performance I don't know all of that that's so much to learn it's okay Put your mm-hmm. blinders on, look at who your people are and get really good at helping them with their issues and their problems and re- helping them reach their desires. And you're already more than halfway on your way to success, to doing something that feels fulfilling to you. Quite honestly, you've already hit that marker, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to say while you were talking is don't be afraid to say, I don't know. That just made my job so much better when I just released this pressure to act like I knew everything because I didn't and I won't and I never will. But I would say, I'm not sure. I'll go do some research or I don't know. Let's talk about that. Or I'm not sure. Tell me more. Right. Like, so ask more questions, tell people you're unsure and you're not supposed to know everything. So let go of that pressure on yourself to act like you do. Your clients want you to be knowledgeable. You need to know things. You know, you can't say, I don't know to everything. Obviously they hired you for a reason, but act interested in the question that they have. But if you don't know, say, I'm not sure I'll go find out. I'll do some research. For sure. And I think they appreciate us more when we're upfront, honest with them. And this is why we build networks of other people who do know how to answer the questions that we don't, right? Mm-hmm. So my last question for you, and this is something that I want to start asking every guest before <laughs> we leave, is what does being a quality coach mean to you? Oh, she did not prep me with this question. <laughs> what does being a quality coach mean to me? What a great question. Being a quality coach means that you are doing it true to yourself first. I think that is really, really important. Like we talked about in the beginning, who am I? What do I stand for? What do I want people to know after working with me? So being true to yourself, that's a quality coach. And also, can I have two parts? Of course. Oh, good. (laughs) A quality coach also means you care about yourself. And this matters so much. Not that you need to be the fittest one out there, because that held me up for a long time, too. We didn't even talk about that whole dynamic of looking the part, being the all those things. Everybody is the part. Um, but caring about yourself to take care of yourself while you're doing this career, because it is very important that you do the things you are telling your clients to do 
which we have all, I'm sure, fallen victim to not doing them mm-hmm. because we're busy and we're building a business. We're caring about our clients more. So be true to yourself and also take good care of yourself. I love that. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. You are so welcome. Awesome. Well, that's all I have for you all today. Um, Make sure you like, rate, and review wherever you're listening to this podcast, and we'll catch y'all in the next one. Bye.